what I always think is a cool opening to a film, which happens a lot in 80s films. What? Is when you hear the sort of DJ, the radio DJ, that's like, well, we got some traffic backed up on the boo 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 at the beginning. Uh-huh. I'm saying I like it. That'd be cool intro. I'm trying to think of some examples. Well, I'm pretty sure Valley Girl opens with that. Like, there are a lot of, like, radio dial, like, yeah. openings. Or, yeah, what there is really it? are. Like, and I don't, that's something we've lost. I, I think we should we should bring that back, filmmakers out there. Let's open with them. Um, you know, it's sort of a, it's usually a wide shot of a city. Yeah. Big, like, you know, expositional shot of a city. And, and if you it's, hear a DJ, it's like, traffic's backed up on the, or, or having a beautiful day out there. Some, blah, 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 blah. And if it's Christmas time, they then play rocking around the Christmas right. tree. Right, It's a good, it, it yeah. works. No, it, it, works. Works. it works. It's tried and true. I feel like a lot of John Hughes m- movies open yeah. that way. Yeah. Not necessarily directed, sense. but certainly things he's written, like... Is one of the Home Alone movies? No. I don't know. No, no, no. I can tell I you know. one of the coolest openings to a, to a film ever that gets me pumped every freaking time I okay. see it. And I saw it not that long ago when it re-released uh, in theaters, and that is the opening scene to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, yeah. where uh, you, I don't think it's a radio DJ, it's just We Got the Beat. But it's We Got the Beat to Shot to the Mall, and I'm just I'm pumped the minute I, that, that hits the screen. Well, that is like a soft pitch directly down the middle right to you. It is. Specifically. It is. But or, or which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, that's true. Did, it, did this film make me, or did I? Well, I definitely didn't make this film. Is you know I mean. <laughs> your name you know Amy what I'm, you know, I wish, man. I wish. You know what I'm getting at. Are you Cameron Crowe? I don't wish. I don't wish. Um, are you Sean Penn? That I do wish. I do wish. Well, maybe mm. not. Not every day. A lot of ups, a lot of like downs. Like the day he tied Madonna to a chair. Eh, I'll back off of that one. Anyway. You heard it um, here first, folks. Rachel is anti-tying <laughs> Madonna to a chair. Wouldn't I'm a, I'm go down like that. against it. Not cool. If Rachel were Sean not Penn. Not cool. Also, guess who else doesn't stand for that shit? Madonna. Well, clearly. Turns out that didn't work out well not, for Sean Not Penn. into it? Uh, not at all, okay. not at all. And he got just like Taylor. He got an entire album about it, and um, I think a bunch of other bullshit too. Dang. Anyway, um, I'm Rachel Morgan. What's up, Ding Dongs? I'm Corey Kraft, and this is the Side Talks podcast. Show me that smile and tell me that smile. Show me that smile and always the minute on your crying. This is the show and tell segment, and you know how well it works on a audio-only medium to show you something. Well, you've brought me something that I've been staring at across the table the whole time, and I'm delighted by it. That's the sound it. of it. I'm very excited. It is a TV guide, which I don't even know what year it is, because it just says it's like we're supposed to just know. It's Folks, like December 9th or 15th. What year would you guess that is? That's oh, Party of Five on the cover. Oh, That's a 97, beautiful, 98? Yeah, I think you're right. That's a beautiful Nev Campbell right there, and it says Party of Five has laughs, love, and the cutest cast on TV, which, look, they are pretty cute. And folks, if you don't remember what a TV guide is or what Party of Five is, ask your grandparents. Wow. Find out why this dynamic drama belongs on your can't-miss list. And then in the corner, there's a little picture of Martha, who's looking uh-huh. really good. And by the way, hasn't – does she age? She, I think, in the last several years has, has started to look Maybe. her age, Martha Stewart. But I, I don't know. She's looked pretty consistently the same for a while. But it says inside Martha Stewart's primetime celebration and then parentheses with Miss Piggy. <gasps> so I am going to slide this over to you because I mentioned I spent I was 10 minutes late looking for my freaking well seven looking for my <laughs> freaking glasses in the car. And I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to read this, but I am going to go ahead and show you that it's got a little post-it note here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it says here rap season. And I'm going to pass it over to you to read this column because this column okay. is loaded. Okay. But what I do want to point out what I can see with my eyes because the pictures are a little bigger is everyone is wearing a little silky slinky something or other. 
brother. As was the style at the right. time. And I mean, it is like, I guess that's a party theme is wear something slinky, ladies. Mm. But anyway, I'm sliding this over to you. All right. Um, so and this it is, is a very exciting thing to, to look at. But I'm going to have you read, if you would, just that little article. rap session. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> rap W-R-A-P. At the sixth annual Fire and Ice Ball, a cool cadre of actresses had their arms caressed by something smooth and sexy. Hmm, okay. No, it wasn't George Clooney. Wow. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It was the slinkiest accessory of the season. The wrap. And yes, these women all are draped with wraps of various types. Uh, shimmering swatches of silk and satin. Okay. Snaked sensuously. Good Lord. <laughs> I guess they get paid by they alliteration. Really, they really tried. Um, uh, snaked sensuously over arms and backs for the fundraiser for, or at the fundraiser for UCLA cancer research held this year at Barney's clothing store in Beverly Hills. Love it. What the stars didn't keep under wraps were their Christmas wish lists. Love it. Melrose Place is Daphne is Zuniga. Yeah, it's Daphne Zuniga. It's Daphne Zuniga, top right. There she is. Wants four things. Quote, sand, clear water, clear skies, pina coladas. Hell yeah. Who doesn't want that? Girl, don't we all? Her co-star, Kristen Davis, bottom right, side note, I didn't know that Kristen Davis was on Melrose Place. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. She dated Billy. Who Andrew Shue? And, is, yes, exactly. And he and he, um, she she faces a spoiler alert. She faces a, a, a most unfortunate uh, landing in the Melrose Place pool, and what? Then, and then haunts Billy. <gasps> and while he's trying to sleep, it's Kristen Davis's voice going, "Billy, I'm cold. I'm cold, Billy." For many many episodes <laughs> oh that goes on. And uh, by the way, my friend Alex Pollock, who listens to the show, I don't know if she'll remember this or not, but we were roommates for many years, and she would sometimes stand outside my door and go, Billy, I'm cold. I'm cold, Billy. <laughs> That's awesome. I had no idea. Pre-sex well, anyway, in the city, of course. Of course. Anyway, she has a variation on that theme, and these are the things that she wants for Christmas. Reminder. A massage, a facial, and a trip to Hawaii. Sure. Okay. A simpler request very came Charlotte. from- Very Charlotte. That's very Charlotte the, of her. Sure. Gotta say. A simpler request came from friend star Courtney Cox. Birmingham's own, bitch. Pictured bottom left. She's holding a an alcoholic drink of some sort there. Party girl. Uh, who sipped champagne, uh, the column told us, who sipped champagne with date Christian Slater. Okay. Right. Who right. I'd forgotten, I guess, or maybe never knew. Who cares? Maybe but, they just went to this party yeah, together and they're like, mm, no, no, I don't Never mind. So. Uh, and this is her request. I want a traveling CD player with speakers so I can go to a hotel and listen to the music I want. Girl, you're on Friends at this point. You can just buy a hotel and listen to One the music you think, want. But is she on Friends at this point? Well, that's a good question. It doesn't. No, she is Friends star ah, Courtney there Cox. We go. Yeah, yeah. She she can. She can have the hotel play whatever fucking music she wants to hear. Yeah. She's Courtney Cox, and she's on Friends. And by the way, this is December 9th, 1995. Wow. We were a, yeah, little, a little, off. little off. All right. Last sentence. Santa won't have to worry about picket fences, Lauren Holly. Uh, 
And if you don't know picket fence, picket fences, ask your great grandparents. So Lauren Holly and her boyfriend, Jim Carrey, who at this point has already made like millions and millions of dollars as a movie star in Hollywood. Hence his comment. He's about to Um, top left who don't want anything because Carrie says our life is Christmas. And that's the end of that. True words have never been spoken. This is, I look, I had not really thought about picking up a TV guide and flipping through an older TV guide, but this is incredibly enjoyable. I want everybody to know this. It probably won't be the last time I bring a TV guide in for show for show me that smile again, because it is really loaded. And you know what it's going to help me with? What, what's I that? oftentimes have trouble, believe it or not, kind of coming up with something new and fresh for Saturday morning cartoons for the actual heart of it. Right. For the cartoon itself. The, the TV commercials are there's always something new to discover. But the cartoons themselves, I'm sometimes repeating things or I'm not. Yeah. And it's really interesting. The Saturday morning lineup is right there for me to per, to sort of look at and, and make some decisions and select from. And it, it was it was more surprising than I thought it would be. I wasn't familiar with everything. I'm looking at their famous cheers and jeers page. And one of their jeers is that sitcoms are making too many darn jokes comparing Ross Perot to the flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) And they're arguing that that's slightly too hacky. Bring it back. Bring it back. Yeah, more Ross Perot (laughs) jokes on network television, I always say. Please, I I have a confession. Did you vote for Ross Perot? My very first time. I mean, I was barely able to vote. And my very first vote in a presidential election was for Ross Perot. And I was I totally did this based on his voodoo stick. When he um, when he spent he bought all those ads to like bring up these like note cards and to point at him with a little uh, crocodile claw. Little little 18 year old me was like, I want that guy in office. Yeah, that was the that was the '90s equivalent of these fucking internet hipsters who were like, "Wouldn't it be funny if I voted for Kanye yeah. West? What a joke that would yeah. be!" <laughs> Unless I, and just think, I could have voted for Clinton. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, don't you love it? It's pretty cool. I do love it. I love it. I love seeing baby faced Matthew uh, Matthew lost star guy matthew fox matthew fox on the yeah. cover there um and the other dude whose name i can't remember and oh, poor guy need, nobody can yeah what is his fucking name scott wolf scott wolf scott you got wolf. it ding 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 um, they do they are cute they're all cute and they're by, cute. It, strangely nev campbell whose brother is also famous and looks just like her but strangely scott wolf and nev campbell look a lot alike and so in 1995 i think i was still living in small town rural mississippi and one of the the town's claims to fame was that we were the the home of lacey shopair oh i am so sorry hey look i mean i don't live there anymore and i was a child so what what did i know she's the most annoying on on the show and i haven't seen the show since the 90s but she's a little girl She's, it doesn't matter. She's still annoying. And I haven't seen it since the 90s, but I can tell you it came on right after uh, – I think it was like Beverly Hills, 90210, Melrose Place, and then Party of Five. Uh-huh. So it was a it was a packed evening. And in, in college, we would all gather and, and watch all three of those and pregame it for whatever we were doing that night because I think it was like Thursday night. And I'll tell you the best episode of the show mm-hmm. that, I, that still rings in my head even though I haven't seen the show since then is that Bailey is an alcoholic and, of course, has to come clean and go to rehab. But before he does, he has a big explosion where he re- wrecks his Jeep. Uh-huh. And uh, Your Body is a Wonderland, Jennifer Love <gasps> Hewitt's in the Jeep because that's his GF, no. I think. But 
but before all that happens, he reads everybody the riot act, like the drunken, like, let me tell you what's wrong with you kind uh-huh, of thing. Uh-huh. And he totally calls every character flaw out in that scene. Like the writers were like, you know what? Let's just get out of the way that we know all the shitty things about these characters. And the one thing he says to his little tiny sister, who's played by your hometown girl is you're annoying, which well, she was. Good and mean girls. Anyway, um, more, maybe more TV guides to come. Maybe we'll see. Looking forward to it. And now a look at what we're watching this week. Well, let me tell you what I've been watching. Yeah, tell me. I am going to actually start with what I haven't been watching, if you don't mind, for just really quickly. Uh-oh. What haven't I you been watching? I didn't go to the cinema to see EO. Well, I didn't see it on the big screen, but I have seen EO. So I want to tell you, this is an, it's a little bit of like reflections by way of what we're watching, that I couldn't bring myself to do it. I had gotten a text from my friend Candace, who I've, yeah, talked, yeah. who I've mentioned before on the podcast, and she said, this thing is devastating. And she's like, you still have to go see it. You should see it, but it's devastating. And then I did a little, I knew what it was about but uh-huh. i just wanted to kind of protect myself a little bit over the weekend i've been feeling a little sensitive lately i don't know why no, no nothing going on or no reason but just like a little animal sensitive maybe because on my drive to work there's a it can be a lot of carnage right and it's upsetting and so anyway i i just i could you know i couldn't i watched a little bit of the trailer and was like holy shit i can't i don't think i can do this so i i, I didn't go I, I kind of regret it but i also just was like shit this is going to be hard for me i don't want to be upset especially when i discovered that it, it from right out the gate it's like a donkey has escaped from a circus so it's not like it's just ends like bambi ends right it's right, really right. kind of uh, heart-wrenching throughout and has a lot of cruelty in it for for all for a good cause though so and i i did donate a little bit to a, a the peaceful i think it's peaceful valley um, donkey rescue. Oh, that's nice. Um, because I was just feeling like I was a little, you know, it might be hard for me. What do you think? Is it, it's probably, it's a tough one, I would imagine. Yeah. I, I didn't find it super tough because most of the sort of cruelty and yeah, violence inflicted yeah. on the donkey is suggested or implied, not sure. necessarily depicted. And it, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's rough. But it has, you know, high highs and low lows. You know what I mean? Sure. It's 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 kind of it's it's a really beautiful movie in a lot of That's ways. What it looks like. Um like the cinematography is particularly of note. Yeah. I, I mean like the, the quality of the frame is beautiful. But but also, I mean, it is moving. It's a it's kind of a moving story along the lines of uh you know, it's kind of inspired by and, and an homage to slash remake of Robert Brisson's Ahazard. Balthazar, which is a movie from the 60s that that is also about a donkey in the same way as it goes from master to master. Some are kind, sure. some are cruel. Um, and in the end, of course, the donkey is a Christ symbol, right? Um, as you know, that's Brisson for you. Um, anyway, um, EO is more secular and it seems to be sure. more, you know, about – not animal rights exactly, but but kind of it is. It is in there. It's it. It almost feels at various times, um, you know, like like the silence of the movie makes you sort of anthropomorphize the the donkey and sort of connect with the donkey and and develop an emotional emotional attachment to a donkey. But anybody who's around animals, you know, knows like you develop an emotional attachment of that nature to them if you're around them. And that's kind of what this movie does. It fosters empathy and it makes you think twice about the ways that animals are exploited in society. What is it? A, is it a, for you, your person who, who eats meat, um, yes. I assume. And um, or I, I know that about you. Yeah. Um, but would, would this be something that would change your behavior? I mean, does it, is it, 
I know. I think the intention is there, right? Which I, pre- I actually, as somebody who doesn't eat meat, I do appreciate. Yeah. I know. I'm not trying to be judgy. I'm really not. Sure. No. I, I I'm know, just. I know. I'm just asking. I'm curious because I think the intention is to kind of, you know, well, it's, first, it's meant to make you think yeah. about it, especially, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but but its conclusion. It pretty much draws your attention in that direction. Yeah, because right? uh, you may not – well, donkey meat's not necessarily super common, but it is, it is used in salami. Right. Um, and there is currently a big epidemic with um, with it being used in medicine, mostly in China. I didn't know that. So, I mean, uh, apparently it's it's like epidemic levels. Uh-huh. Like it's, it's, it's like thousands and thousands and thousands. So um, anyway, I, I know there's a lot of awareness that this film is kind of bringing to, to it. I, I, I do hope it does change some people's minds or, or makes you kind of think I can twice. See, I can see it doing that. Yeah. I can see it doing yeah. that. Um, on a very different note, uh-huh. um, not to cut you off, but no. on a very different note, I, I watched Indecent Proposal again. Oh boy. Uh, for a long, I'm not going to go into the whole reason why this one got thrown in the VCR, but it did get thrown in the VCR. And I got to tell you, this is Adrian uh-huh. Lyon. Yeah. And you know me, I love Adrian Lyon. I, I mean, he's problematic. He's He's got issues with women, but I, for some reason, I still am just like into this bullshit he's, he's slinging. He's directed Foxes. Foxes, uh, Fatal Attraction, nine yeah. and a half weeks. Yeah, I, I like him. I like yeah. him. So, um, and he's got a, he's got a way about him, but he's an asshole. But it's all whatever. Um, so are a lot of, so are a lot of directors. Uh, anyway, we threw this in, and you know what? It was better than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I, it's better than I remember. I remember seeing it in the theater and kind of being like, "Well, this is shut." But it wasn't really shut. It was kind of fun. It was more fun than I remember, and it has a couple of moments. There's actually one scene uh, that's a little experimental where Woody Harrelson. It's after you know, you know what the whole premise is. I, mean, I know the premise. I've never seen this movie, but yeah. I know the premise. Well, Demi Moore has gone off with, um, you know, hard, hard sell here. Robert Redford, old, you know, he's got like his blue eyes are like shine, like burning holes in my forehead. And this is still early nineties, so he's, yeah, he's he's a distinguished, he's, attractive older man. He's still kind of good looking now. I mean, he's you know he's he's, uh, he's ancient, but he's I was just, you know Andy posted a picture with him the other day, and I'm like, oh, he's still a good looking guy. And so certainly in the nineties, he's you know. I mean, he's sort of at his at the top of his game. Plus, he's a billionaire in this thing, and he pays. You know, I'm going to pay you a million dollars for the night with me. And so, of course, they. You know, that's well, you got to watch it to see. Spoiler alert! Mm-hmm. I, I wonder where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it, there's a scene where she's kind of gone off with him, and, and Woody Harrelson begins spiraling, and he's in. He's on the in the, on the floor of the casino at, at Vegas, and he's in the room where they're doing betting, where they're doing sports betting, and it's like a horse race, and it gets really the scene gets really really experimental and it's really fun to watch uh, and very strange for this film because it is it is like only 45 seconds but 45 very kind of experimental seconds hmm. so that was kind of fun to pick up on and then and then i i think i took at face value some things when i was younger but i that i can see now adrian lynn's kind of playing with for example woody harrelson has a little bit of a baby breakdown when they begin fighting about her night she spent with him and he goes you found him attractive oh my God. and like pounds a wall sure um, and I love it because that actually that is that is kind of the inner me like that's that's like jealous inner me that I don't you know, I, I'll kind of sit here and be like, whatever, dude, do whatever you want. But I am actually like a very jealous person. And that is like my inner me is me banging the wall like you found him attractive. Anyway, I appreciated that moment. Um, it's not a good film, but I don't know for some, you know, it's kind of like that's, uh-huh. that's Adrian Lynn to me. It's like it's not a good line. Uh, I, I want to call him Lynn all the time, but anyway, it's not a good film. But I really enjoyed it, and it also is the one, by the way, that has the scene of the. Um, there's a woman, I think, at a real estate office reading Susan Faludi's backlash at the desk. 
um, which of course takes line to task. So, I, I, you know, he's giving us a wink, wink uh, about he's, his asshole yeah. ways. And so I, I found, I don't know, this was enjoyable to watch some many years later. The ending is outrageous. The film itself is so, is, is ridiculous. Um, and I, I got madder than ever because um, there's a there's a betting scene where let me just say it this way he should have just given her mm. like for what she did prior to even this agreement he should have just given her the million dollars so there's a, there's a little bit to it too that'll that kind of was provocative um, I don't know I think you I actually think you might like this Corey I you probably will I should you watch, watch it. it it's it's and 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 by the way Demi Moore fire okay. She is a very good-looking lady who I do not believe has ever been good as an actress Holy in the movie. Holy shit. Is Sam still here or did no. he have to take off? So we need to slack him because I will five-minute fight you over Demi Moore. Not only is she's she- She's awful in St. Elmo's Fire. Smoking hot. She's fine for that film. She's We're, awful let's not, in that movie. You know what? Save it for The Ring. She's awful in Disclosure. Am I wrong, Brad? Did you see Disclosure? Save it for The Fucking Ring. I am actually excited to hear this one. I will, br- I will fucking bring some fury for my girl Demi. Well, I, I should have known because you were literally wearing the the crew jacket from the movie Strip Tease That's right exactly now. Exactly right. If I uh, it if has strip tease embroidered on the back. I would uh, the scarlet Roland Joffe's the anyway. scarlet letter. You've got your your fucking scarlet letter crew hat on too. Plus, uh, did, number also, one Demi Brad, fan. Just have my back on this. Did you hear me say? Oh, Jimmy Moore is so great in this. No, what did I say? I said. Demi Moore is fire. Are you arguing that? No, I would never argue that. But Thank you. She's not good at acting. Okay. Which is another thing save that she has to do in those movies. The ring. Okay, I'll save it. Um, I'll save anyway, it. what have you been watching? I only want to mention one thing because I've just really been focusing a lot on screening movies for Same. the festival. Yeah. Um, but I finally watched the movie that I was named after. 1996 is The Craft. Which I had never seen. Oh, okay. I'm, okay. I'm nervous. I watched I am this. Nervous. I watched this in the hopes that I would have some five minute fight stuff. You love it, don't you? It's really good. It's really, it's really good. Are you good. kidding me? This movie it's was so, so much fun. Um, you know, I, like I probably have some quibbles with it, but I I How enjoyed it so much. Honestly, much more than I thought I would, and. I, I guess I don't know what I was expecting, but I was kind of surprised and delighted by the direction that it took. It's so fun. Um, I, this is this is one I can watch year after year after year. It never gets old to me. Yeah. I don't have any complaints about this film. So, so Robin Tunney is the lead. Uh, she's the new girl to this. Uh, this new school where there are these three kind of witchy outcast girls and the four of them. Faruza Balk being one. Faruza Balk, Rachel True, and Nev Campbell. That's my um, girl. And Nev Campbell's all scarred up from a childhood injury, like a fire or something. And Rachel True is being bullied by uh, Christine Taylor, Marsha Brady from the Brady Bunch movie. Perfect Who casting. is super racist and mean. And then Faruza Balk just comes from like a trailer trash family, right? And she's just in general kind of miserable. And and Robin Tunney. She's got an asshole stepdad. Yeah, her, her stepdad's an asshole. She's just generally just like, I, I want to avenge myself against everybody who's wronged me in my shitty life. And when Robin Tunney comes to town, the four of the girls kind of form this like witchy power. Well, they've been looking 
for their force. Yeah, right. So, They've been looking for their force. So they found her, but but like Robin Tunney is super powerful actually in in witchery or magic because it's pro- she has some sort of lineage that's yeah. Her mom's passed away. Her, her right? mom something so. something. It's hinted that her her mom was a witch because the witch store owner is like dead I know mom your mom. Powers, though you know yeah she got like she's like kind of corralling that's that's her sort of you know character issue that you know all four of them have a little issue to overcome and anyway um what happened you know you you think that it's it's going in one direction i and it kind of goes in that direction but um i was kind of delighted by a lot of the details like skeet ulrich you know, falling under the influence love of the trance. love spell and just being a, a zombie and just like a like a little wiener of a zombie, too. He's really funny. Him just being like just bonafide yeah. for half the film is it's really funny. so funny. And also, let me just give it credit. He's a bit of a like it's like borderline sexual assault. And yeah, then, no, he's you know, awful. And so he and he and so you don't it's really set up to where you're like, fuck that guy. You yeah. don't really feel sorry. Likewise for him at any point. With, with Christine Taylor, when right. when her hair starts falling out, you're just like, get that bitch. Yeah, good. She's racist. They fuck do. Her. They do a good job of setting up everybody kind of getting their what's coming to them. But eventually Robin Tunney is like, I think we're pushing this too far, you guys, because we're going to get this visited back upon us three times what we put out there, which is the magic rule apparently and Feruza Balk is drunk with power and the other two girls kind of follow her and it sets up the schism within the 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 four that was really entertaining and all the hallucinations with the bugs and shit it was just so much fun also Feruza Balk Nev can't like this is yeah, incredible casting and, and Rachel incredible. True I mean I agree like, I don't know that actress you know I because I guess she didn't go on to have a career because look what Hollywood fucking does to you know black actresses right right but like she was fantastic. She's fantastic. She in was this. fantastic. And also, I mean, all again, four of them were good. This is also a case when, like, now in, in 2023, you know, you have to have that level of diversity in your casting. You just absolutely have to yeah. because it's not tolerated to not. But this is an era in which that could have easily just been four white girls. Sure. But it wasn't. I, I, I love this film. And I think it's a little, I mean, I think in the, again, it's not ahead of its time in regards to cinematography or narrative no, structure. No, no, no. But I do think that some of its treatment of content and some of its casting feels a little ahead of its time. And for Balk was actually born to played this role yeah i i guess one of my qualms Uh oh hold up no hold I, up one of my qualms is that i wish that she were the central character because i think that robin uh, tunney's character is less interesting i think you're right about that but i think she she gotta that's for you know like she's meant to play that particular character yeah, in my no, opinion. she's fantastic but i agree I she's think, she's a lot more compelling of a center to the movie but robin is the jerry yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I do think that. I think that she's the straightest of the of all of right. them. She's the like. She's the one who it's. She's just a bit of a putty to yes. kind of everybody else's uh, really strong personality, including Nev, who who I think also I want to see. I always am like put her on the screen more. She's incredibly captivating. And the scar prosthetics, especially when they're flaking it's off, pretty, it's really pretty cool. Good. It's yeah. Pretty good. Oh, great film. I don't have any complaints about this, so it makes me nervous when you have even a smallest oh, little comment. I, know, I enjoyed I know, it quite a bit. This is my best. I right certainly here. enjoyed it much, much, much more than I thought I would. I guess I again I didn't know what I was expecting. I knew that it was it was held in high regard by a lot of folks. So But you I, also knew that if you came in here with any other opinion, you were gonna get well, I, I knew it would be a five-minute fight topic. You're going to be like Skeet Ulrich like walking it. around here, but um, that crush is going to be on like some barista at Starbucks or something. Right. God, <laughs> what a what a what a hellacious 
um, situation that would be. Yeah, Kathleen wouldn't like it at all. Not either. one bit. Uh, anyway, good movie. Uh, really entertaining. Really enjoyed watching it. That's about all I can mention. Um, but I have been seeing some good stuff um, that was submitted to us for consideration for Sidewalk. We're you know looking through all of our submissions. Uh, the two of us, and of course our co-programmer Charlie Sanders. Uh, at home, just literally watching every single feature submission that we get, which is, hey, man. Thank you, Charlie. I don't understand, but God bless you. Beast Uh, mode. Yeah, truly. Um, But, you know, that's that's probably life from now till August. Yeah, you'll sneak a few other things. I'll sneak a few other things in there, but I'm I'm in I'm in screening mode now. I've I've fully committed and and that's kind of where I'm at. Well, that's what we've been watching. Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. Yeah, you picked up where I was suggesting you did. We finish each other's sentences. Hey, all right. I'm back, bitch. That's right. Guess what I'm back with? Uh oh. Um, Where your menu items from the Rainforest Cafe? Personal, cinematic, a cheetah Rita, and Rainforest Ricky. Okay, so a cheetah Rita has to be some sort of cheetah-themed margarita. You would think, but once again, just like the rest of the menu, y'all, the name cheetah Rita, while it sounds awesome, you know, uh-huh. it really does, uh, it's not special. It's it's literally, it's just a, what they're calling a premium margarita, um, which means silver Patron for them, orange liqueur, and some lime. At There's nothing special. There's no cheetah. Where's the cheetah in the Put it Rita? in a plastic cup with cheetah spots on it. Yeah, I didn't see that. I just saw what looked like a glass with all those, what you would imagine all those mixed together. Looks no, like. that's dumb. And then I will say this, the Rainforest Ricky, uh-huh. as you're making your decision, is a non-alcoholic drink. And so it's just an apple, pineapple strawberry orange grapefruit over ice or you know you can have it i don't know straight up anyway that's your um that's your choices the cheetah or the rainforest ricky and it's really all about what name you think is more awesome because there's nothing special going on here unless you just really are feeling the non-alcoholic vibe right now i kind of am i'll take the ricky all right i i like it i'm the cheetah anyway thanks to beltwell studios Thanks, Brad. Which one would you drink? Would you drink a, a Cheetah Rita or a Rainforest Ricky? I like the alliteration. I'm going with the Ricky. Hey. Look, can I remind okay. both of you that we're that when you're drinking this, you're at the fucking Rainforest Cafe? You might want to go Cheetah Rita. You might want to go Cheetah Oh, did Rita. I pick the non-alcoholic one? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, sorry. I got to go with the alcohol. I mean, you're sitting on that stool that is the legs of a giraffe. You're dealing with a $22.99 anaconda pasta. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you probably need the booze. Rachel, you're assuming that <laughs> if I find myself at the Rainforest Cafe, I haven't already just smacked rock bottom as hard as I possibly could. So, and am I remembering correctly, or is there a mist going on there, like a like a fog machine at a rock show? I remember that. Like, I think just when you walk up to the yeah, to the, just at the front the by host, the host, yeah, yeah, by the host, you're going through a mister. That poor host is probably all kinds of uh, you know ear ear nose and throat issues. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah, the fluid from the fog Look, machine. There's one in Nashville. I I saw Lisa last weekend and we she's agreed. She said we're going it's it's of course at the like Opryland Mall. 
She's agreed that we are, and you saw the picture. We've been there before. Uh-huh. I have no recollection of it whatsoever, but she's agreed. She's like, okay, we'll go back there again for the appetizer adventure. Oh so God. we are going, and when we go, I might even record a little bit of live for, for y'all. No, please do. Yeah, yeah. get the ambiance of the restaurant. Need Make to. sure to get some room yeah. tone, and the, we, the squawking in the background. Oh, oh. oh, that's definitely there. And also, I feel like we need to do it quick. Because I don't think that I can't. I, I somehow Bubba Gump is still out there and existing, but Rainforest Cafe is probably the next to go. Probably anyway. <laughs> um, again, thanks to Beltwell Studios. Thanks to you for listening. Sidewalkfest.com. Get your tickets and passes to the festival, but also come see us at the cinema as well. That's right. We've got some great stuff playing at the cinema and some wonderful movies up our sleeves for the 25th annual Sidewalk Film Festival. We just have to go out and find them yeah. and figure out what they are. Let's go do that now. All Bye. right. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.